Hello, this is Lorenzo Della Foresta, and I'm the lead pastor at River's Edge. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope this talk inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Today is the continuation of a spiritual conversation that has been taking place between you and Jesus. I'm certain that you'll be blessed by His Word, and I believe that God has great things in store for you because you already belong. Enjoy the message. So God bless. We are going to continue with the gathering this morning and this new series that I'm excited to begin teaching on, which is called An Unexpected Christmas. Let's take a look at this video. If a town could fit on a button, it would be Bethlehem. So paltry and small, a shepherd's village. The prophets anticipated it a location for a mighty king's birth. But prophecies had been twisted and tangled. The memory of this town faded, like the ink on the parchment of scripture. Unsuspecting Bethlehem was not ready for the unexpected arrival. In this little shepherd village, a baby was born, a baby whose first breath would dawn a new age, and whose last breath, new life, a baby whose life will shake history, and whose death will shake eternity. Bethlehem, the king is born. And so they were obviously not expecting this prophecy that had been given so long ago to come true on the day in which it did. And that's true for all of us. I think something is unexpected because, well, we're not expecting it. It caught us by surprise. Have you ever been caught by surprise and hated that surprise? How many of you love surprises? How many of you hate them? like hate to be surprised. I am one of those people who kind of like finds himself in between those two places. I'm not sure if I love them, but I know that I don't always like them. I know that when I am surprised, it's something that I often feel uncomfortable with. And so because of it, I guess I'm leaning more to the side in which I would say I don't like surprises. Now, my wife, on the other hand, loves surprises. She loves to be surprised. She loves it when I surprise her. Truth be told, I probably don't surprise her enough with good things. I surprise her with a lot of bad things, with things that she's not expecting, things that maybe would throw her off. But those are those things that you kind of sometimes just navigate through in every relationship. When it comes to things that are unexpected, I would love it if I was surprised with money in my bank account that I knew just miraculously appeared. Anybody else? I would have no problem with that unexpected surprise. Money just appeared, I would not say a word. I would just like be happy, there it is. I don't know how I got there, but I'm gonna chalk this up to a miracle and just leave it there for as long as I can and just be surprised. But I know that many of us try to bring a lot of joy into other people's lives. I think that's what we learn 
to, in when we are living our best lives, when we are being our best selves, we recognize that surprising people and making their life better is what makes your life better. You are most filled with joy when you are filling someone else with joy. When you are not leaning on other people to fill you, but you are leaning on God who continuously fills you so that you can keep pouring out into the lives of others. You see, when your source is other people, you're going to be unexpectedly dried out at some point. You're going to be expecting that they would give back in the same measure that you're giving out. But the truth is, is that no one actually ever does that. More often than not, you're going to be the one who's probably going to feel like you are on the wrong side of that equation, where you're the one who's giving and not receiving in return. But when the giver is God and you are depending and relying on God, then you should never be surprised by the fact that you always have joy and you're always able to give it out. You're always able to make a difference in other people's lives. You're always able to pour out that somehow the patience you thought you didn't have, you have. The love that you thought you couldn't muster, you have it in abundance. The forgiveness that you thought that you would most certainly hold back, all of a sudden that Anger, resentment, that, that, that sense of, of hatred is just gone. It's disappeared. Why? Because it didn't come because of someone else's actions, but it came because God was pouring into you from his abundance, from his unlimited supply, from his very presence. And so when we think about God and what he can do and accomplish in our lives, in very unexpected ways, we have to start with the beginning of the Christmas story and we have to start with someone by the name of Mary. Now, the thing about Christmas, it comes around every year and, and when we talk about it in church every year like we're doing today, the weird thing is, I think we all really feel and believe that we would know this story. But there's nothing new that we can learn from it, or maybe nothing new that God can show us and reveal to us from something that is so familiar. And so, there's a saying that says, familiarity breeds contempt. That the more you know someone or know something, that you begin to take them for granted, and take that for granted to the point where you actually may even begin to hate or hate them a little bit. You can take someone for granted that much that your feelings towards them can actually flip. And that's what the saying really is. Now, when Mary gets approached by the angel, I think we can definitely put that in the category of an unexpected surprise. I don't think today was a day in which she thought she would have an encounter with an angel. 
and that the angel would tell her something like what we are about to read up on the screens. Found in Luke chapter 1 and beginning at verse 36. Let's take a look. And it says that in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledge to be married to a man named Joseph. And he was a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Let's keep going. And then the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, because you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom is never going to end. And how will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel then left her. Now, why is this story so amazing? It's amazing for obvious reasons. But one of them, and I think we may have missed this in the story, is when the Holy Spirit says, when the angel says the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, Mary wonders how this can be. And the reason is that she doesn't believe that she is worthy. That's why two times the angel has to tell her that she is favored. Two times he has to tell her, you're favored. Because the first time she doesn't believe it, the second time it's like, I'm reminding you, this is going to happen because you're favored. And she keeps asking, like, how is this going to happen? And the reason is because today we take it for granted the Holy Spirit can visit all of us. But Mary knew that the Holy Spirit only visited people with the names Moses and Elijah. People who were named Elisha. God visitations where the Holy Spirit came upon them. She knew of prophets like Samson and judges. And she knew that there were people like Nathaniel who would receive inspiration from God, but she wasn't going to be one of those people. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon her, she says, how can this be? Because the Holy Spirit, I know, only goes on people who are special. And so this was what was unexpected to her. Now I want you to think about how maybe unspecial you feel. Think about how ordinary you think your life is. How when you think of someone being highly favored, how that is not you. How when you think of someone who is blessed and can have this kind of an encounter, that's, that's anyone and everyone but, but you. And you begin to understand a little bit of how Mary was feeling in that moment where she was asking, not only how is this possible, but why me? 
And so here she is going through life thinking that she's unimportant and possibly even a little invisible. And then she discovers that all along, God's eye has been on her life. And he never took it off. That he has been watching her. And is now revealing himself to her. Because she is favored by him. And what this story tells us is that if we are feeling this way, that we shouldn't. That God is actually reminding us of how favored we are. That this experience that, that Mary was about to have was very unique in her day and time, but it was going to become even less unique now that she was going to give birth to someone who was going to go to everyone in the margins. Everyone who was excluded. Everyone who didn't belong. Everyone who believed they didn't matter. Everyone who believed they were rejected. Everyone who believed that they were not favored. She was going to be the one who was going to carry the one who was going to reveal how favored every one of us in this room is to God right now. And so this may be an unexpected Christmas for you. That you would understand that God's eye has never left you. That you've always been important to him. That when he talks about you being favored, he isn't talking about someone else. He is talking about you. And when he's talking about someone being able to see God and experience God and do things in God's name on earth like he wants in heaven, God is saying, you are that person. This is not a mistake. All along, you may have believed that it wasn't you, but all along, I'm telling you, there is no one else that I would rather choose than you. And so Mary gets chosen. And Mary being chosen is the way that God shows us how we've all been chosen. See, the angel coming to Mary is an example of how that same Holy Spirit can rest in all of us. It can move in us and through us and do incredible things. If we are willing to respond in the way that Mary did and say, this is unexpected, I'm unprepared, I feel very unworthy, but if you say it, if you tell me that this is how it's going to come to pass, then I am going to believe it. And I will obey. And I am your servant. And I will do what it is that you ask of me. Would you do something right now and say to all the doubts that you have and to the fears that you have, 
and to the invisibility and to that sense of unworthiness that you may carry around with you and that sense of never being good enough and not having the favor of God. And would you just turn to all of that and say, I am favored by God. Would you do that right now? Do it in your thoughts. Do it in your heart. Say, I am favored by God. And when you're going through your hardships and when you're going through your difficult moments and when you're going through those times where you feel abandoned and truly like God is not listening to you, that God is not coming through for you, that God is not delivering his promises to you, would you tell yourself that once again? I am favored by God. I'm telling you that as you would turn over to the promise of God, that you would turn over to the Spirit of God, that in the midst of your time of greatest need, God would do something incredible. Now we would expect that after Mary receives this revelation and being told that the favor of God was on her, that her life would get easier. But we know that's not what happens. We know that the moment that God shows up in her life and tells her that she's favored, her world, as she knows it, gets wrecked. Her world falls apart. And we look at that and we say, I know what that's about. Man, I remember when I gave my life to Jesus, things didn't get better. Things got worse. I know what it means to follow God. Sometimes I feel like things are always a little bit more like that than, than the favor and the blessing and the good that I'm supposed to be experiencing. And we look at that and we wonder, why is that? And I'll tell you, the reason is simple. God needs to break our world so that he can create a new world. I just want God to improve the world I'm in. I just want him to make a few tweaks. Can't you just do that? Can't you just add more money to my bank account? I, I'll fix the rest. Like, can't you just like bring this into my life? Bring that into my life? Do this and do that? Fix this and fix that? Why do you need to wreck it? Because God says, I can't work with what you think is your world. I need to rebuild one. And if I don't let God rebuild the world, that is my life, I don't get to experience what it means to be truly favored by God. And so here's why we never truly experience everything God has in store for us. Because we only give him parts of us and pieces of us and the bits of us that we're willing to sacrifice. But when you fully surrender to God like Mary is doing, then all of a sudden God can fully rebuild things the way that he's always desired. So think about what you're holding back. Think about what it is that you haven't fully surrendered. Think about what it is that you just want him to tweak, that you just want him to add to, that you just want him to improve, but you won't let him have it fully. When, when Mary surrenders, she surrenders to the point where she just tells God, I'm completely yours. Do whatever it is that you want with me. And that's exactly what God does. He comes upon her, but then he also says he over 
shadows her. Now, I love that because there's two things that are happening there. The one thing is that he comes in her. He comes inside of her and he, and he occupies the space that is necessary to rebuild her life and to recreate the world. But then he also overshadows her, which tells us that he's also able to not only be with her on the inside, but he's with her always, even on the outside. That wherever she goes, God is both in her and with her always. Can we say amen to that? In her and with her. Shining in her and outside of her. And when the light is on the outside, it casts a shadow. And it would be a promise to her that God wasn't just going to be in her. He would also be with her. That he wouldn't just be in her, but he would walk through life with her. That he would help her in ways that only God could. That he wouldn't just put a baby in her, but that he would be the God who would be her strength to be able to do everything she would need to do to protect that baby. And everything that she would need, God would be. God was that God for her. And what God reminds us is that he's not just great in us, he is also great with us. And wherever it is that we need to go, he will be there. He will lead us, protect us, watch over us. He will provide for us. He will open a way where there is none. He will take that which is crooked and he will make it straight. That's what God can do. That's what it means to believe that you are favored. And so when you live your life, when you're going through changes and challenges, when you're being cut and cut deep, when you are living your life and it's on the edges of what you see as the destruction that is before you, God reminds you that you are favored. That he is in you, but he is also with you. That he is the shadow that is accompanying you. That you were always going to be favored no matter what it was that you had to face. Of course, Joseph hears about this and the first thing he does is that he thinks, well, she's cheated on him. And so she wants to explain it to him and she does everything that she can to explain that this isn't the case. And so he's ready to divorce her and he's ready to move on and find someone else. And it's not going to be easy for Joseph now because, well, the first one that he was promised to, it didn't go well. So there would always be doubts about Joseph as well. And so it wasn't going to be just bad for her. It was going to be bad for him. So what God has to do is God has to come and visit Joseph as well. And God visits Joseph with the same angel. And the angel tells Joseph to believe Mary and not to go ahead with his plans. And he intervenes in his life because even his life is about to get wrecked. When he hears the noise, his life is wrecked. His life is shattered. Mary says, I didn't ask for this. It's not what I wanted. I was ready to go through on my promise and marry you and start a life with you. And we would do it in this village. We would honor each other. We would honor our family. And we would go to the synagogue and we would go to the temple and we would honor the feast and we would do everything that God wanted of us. But now my life's been wrecked. 
It's been turned upside down. But God tells me I'm favored. God tells me he's in me. And God tells me that he's overshadowed me. Joseph, would you believe it? And Joseph says, no. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. This is craziness. I know how the Holy Spirit works. Mary, you're 16 years old, maybe. There's no way the Holy Spirit came upon you. There's no way the Holy Spirit's in you. There's no way you saw an angel. I don't know what you think happened, and I don't know who you think I am, but you are not going to wreck my life. When unexpected things happen, we always imagine the worst. True? We always think that when things have gone radically wrong, off course, off script, we think our life's been wrecked and is beyond repair. But what you have to understand is that God is reminding us in this story that there is no life that he cannot repair. There is no world that he cannot rebuild. There is nothing and no one that he cannot restore. There is nothing that he cannot renew. There is nothing that he cannot redo in you so that you can once again experience his favor. Can you say amen to that? God can help you to experience that favor again. Even in the midst of the greatest challenge and difficulty that you are going through. And so Mary's life does not get any easier. As you know, her life got harder. It got really complicated. But God was with her. And the Bible says that she would treasure in her heart all the things that God was doing for her and revealing to her, all the things that he was encouraging her with, all the things that she was witnessing, she knew that God was truly with her. And that began to truly be clear to her when she saw Joseph change his mind. And that was unexpected for Mary. She didn't know that God would show up in Joseph's life just like she had in hers. Are you willing to trust God with everything? Are you willing to trust him with the unexpected? Are you willing to trust God that in the same way that he revealed himself to you, that he can also reveal himself to whoever it is that needs to hear from him so that they too can have their minds changed, so that their hearts can too be transformed, so that their life can also be rebuilt? See, God is saying, I'm not just willing to do this for you, Mary. I'm willing to do this for anyone who's in your life that's essential and important to this plan coming to pass. And this plan doesn't work if Joseph's not a part of it. And so what I'm going to make sure is that I don't just reveal myself to you. I'm going to reveal myself to him as well. And so God knows the plan. He knows what it takes for it to succeed. He knows what it's going to take for everything to go right. And he knows how many challenges you're going to face in having those things fall into place. He knows every step that needs to be taken before you've even thought about three of them. He's gone all the way to the end and back and back again and has looked at every possible scenario and knows exactly what's going to happen. And then as a result, knows exactly what needs to happen next. And when you trust God, 
You can take the unexpected in your life and hand that over to him and say, God, I can expect this, that every day, no matter what is unexpected, I can and will experience your favor on my life. Can you do that right now? And ask God to say, Lord, help me to be this person who believes in your favor, that will trust you with this. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for every person that is here and for the way that they have been favored by you, for the way that you have taken the unexpected surprises of this life and how you are able to do something incredible and miraculous for each of them. Lord, you know exactly what it is that they are struggling with, what it is that they almost can't believe can happen for them. Lord, how you will not do great things in them or even through them, how they may feel like they're unworthy and maybe even invisible. Lord, I pray that that would change right now in this place, that we would learn from the story that is Mary and that we would see that the Spirit that was once reserved only for the special people in the Bible has been given to all of us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Messiah, the promised one, the fulfillment of all that was foreseen and all that had been foreshadowed. Lord, in this place and in this moment, Jesus, you are not only in us, but you are all around us. You are filling us, not only with your presence, but you are surrounding us with it as well. And we are counting on you and believing in you. And we are trusting you, God, for that miraculous. Lord, we ask that you would do the work that needs to be done in our bodies, in our homes, in our finances, in our relationships. We ask that you would do the work that would be done that only you can do in all those that we are lifting up to you with our thoughts and our words, with our prayers and with our faith. Lord, leave all of us surprised and sensing the unexpected this Christmas. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the River's Edge podcast. I encourage you to take the message you have just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the work that only he can do. A heartfelt thank you to all those that generously give to River's Edge and make this podcast possible. You too can be a part of spreading this message and creating life change all over the world by going to riversedge.life slash give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Thanks again for listening and God bless you immensely.